it was it was this common link of that we were getting that power from the from plants and we were getting that power from earth connection and we were sharing it with each other and that's really how the organization started Welcome to the Roots of the Spirit podcast. I'm your host, Spirit Tafik. My mother, Minnie Jean, became a symbol of the civil rights movement at age 15 when she and eight other black students tried to desegregate Central High School as a violent mob of segregationists raged outside. As the civil rights movement grew, she met my father, a white man, and the two married during a time when interracial marriage was illegal. Being the daughter of civil rights activists who fled to Canada and raised me and my five siblings on a farm in the wilderness, well, it's complicated. Join me in inspiring guests for honest conversations about identity, race, and racism. Welcome to Roots of the Spirit. Welcome, 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 and thank you for joining us for today's episode. As always, I'd be extremely grateful if you head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. That's always incredibly helpful and appreciated. I'd also love if you could share the podcast with your family and friends and go ahead and follow us on social media on all platforms at Roots of the Spirit. Visit our website at rootsofthespirit.com where you can join our mailing list so we can welcome you into the family and keep you abreast of everything that we have going on. Big shout out of love and appreciation to Maggie Carroll for her fabulous five-star Apple podcast review. She writes, Spirit is a thoughtful interviewer who creates a welcoming atmosphere for her guests. And because of this, interviews are super engaging. Also love the variety of interests, professions, and expertise covered on the show. Thank you so much, Maggie, for your super kind and thoughtful review. It means a whole lot. As you may know, but if not, this season, which is season two of the podcast, is themed and wellness for all. I've had the golden opportunity to speak with some remarkable women who are doing powerful work to dismantle systemic racism and help BIPOC people heal, celebrate, resist, and infuse joy in their daily lives. In light of the theme, I'm so excited to share today's episode. It was such a beautiful conversation. It just felt so real and organic. And I had such a strong connection with our guest for various reasons. And you'll hear that shine through in our conversation. Without further ado, it's my honor to introduce you to today's guest, Jocelyn Boretta, co-founder and executive director of the Botanical Bus Bilingual Mobile Herb Clinic. Jocelyn is a community organizer, herbalist, and the granddaughter of an indigenous farm worker. She is committed to cultivating health equity through culturally centered care. Before co-founding the Botanical Bus, Jocelyn organized weekly bilingual bicultural wellness workshops with Cultivando Para Salud at Land Paths Buyer Farm and worked as a cultural herbalist at Pharmacopoeia for four years. Her activism has roots in 10 years working as program director of the Global Exchange Fair Trade Stores. Jocelyn holds a Bachelor of Art degree in Cultural Anthropology from the University of California, Santa Barbara, and certification in herbalism from the California School of Herbal Studies. She believes that herbalism is activism. It shows us that we are connected to the earth, that we know how to heal ourselves, our families, and our communities with the plants that grow around us. 
For over four years, Jocelyn has offered weekly free bilingual wellness workshops at community gardens and Latinx health centers throughout Sonoma County. She is a staff herbalist at Integrative Health Clinic Pharmacopia and co-founder of the Botanical Bus, bilingual mobile herb clinic. Please join me in welcoming Jocelyn Borrera. Jocelyn, welcome to the Roots of the Spirit podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm really intrigued to hear about your journey to this moment, your journey to this work. But first, could you give us an overview of the Botanical Bus and all of the services that you offer? The Botanical Bus Bilingual Mobile Herb Clinic is a nonprofit that provides holistic health care by and for Latinx and Indigenous peoples in Sonoma and Napa counties. And our programs are by herb clinic, a mobile herb clinic, and it's a farm worker clinic. And we bring the clinic almost every Saturday to family service centers that are in the heart of the communities we serve. And we also bring them out to vineyard work sites where they're at in the field to provide a variety of bicultural, bilingual, integrative health resources really centered around herbalism and nutrition also around an exchange of recipes and remedies. But we also provide um, massage therapy, acupuncture, somatic therapy, A lot of our therapies over the years have evolved to meet an acute critical need for management of stress and mental health and some pain management, especially um, when we're out at work sites. We also run wellness workshops independent of the clinics. All our wellness workshops are run by Promotora community health workers and all our bilingual, bicultural, safe places to come together to empower health. I'm really, really excited to ask you about your background. I watched a video of yours and was really excited and felt a great kinship because it's my understanding that part of this phase of your work began when you had your first child. Yes. You know, I think the heart of our work is that this power is in us. You know, this power is in our community. It's in, it's, it's in us as mothers. It's in us as aunties, you know, it's it's in us as communities, this power to take care of each other and take care of ourselves. And I think that really looked me in the face when I was becoming a mother for the first time. I felt like this deep need to know my power as a new mother, to know that I was going to be able to take care of this little girl who was coming into my life. And I really didn't feel that the healthcare system that I was a part of gave me that power. It definitely gave me some tools, some really important tools, but it didn't feel like it gave gave me my power. And so I also grew up rurally and really connected to plants and not really that knowing that they were medicine necessarily, but just like knowing the way they smelled and knowing that they gave me peace of mind. Like I'm seeing right now the wild oat that grows in California and I just played in it all the time, me and my sister. And it brought me a lot of peace and I didn't stay connected to that land. I, I had to move away from it. I went to college and then lived in urban environments. And when I was having my baby, I was kind of t- taking this leap to like leave the city and really think about who I wanted to be as a mother. And it was a mother that was connected to earth, connected to my power through the earth. And really organically, our organization came from that shared desire in, within community and connection intergenerationally. So when I was, my daughter was born, there was a 
a community garden that is close to where I live. And I, and I heard that there was this group of women who were out meeting and talking about nutrition and herbal medicine in the garden. I would go every Friday with my daughter and I'd be breastfeeding there and, you know, a lot of elders. So, you know, she was about a couple, just a couple months old. And I can think of Georgina Rivas, who is, you know, in her 80s, a Peruvian immigrant who grew up also in the campo, in the countryside. And I just felt like more alive than I'd ever felt in my life. Like being able to sit with Georgina and have her give me the confidence to be a new mother, to to feel my power to care for my daughter, um, to feel my power to care for myself. I was like, oh, this is radical. We're caring for each other. Like we're doing this every Friday. We're coming together. No one's no one's paying anyone. Like there's, it was all just this exchange, just this exchange of knowledge and and power intergenerationally. And it was it was it was this common link of that we were getting that power from the from plants and we were getting that power from earth connection and we were sharing it with each other. And that's really how the organization started. So beautiful. I'm getting emotional because I feel like this should be our birthright that we should be able to be among women, our elders, the young, all in one room, sharing together. And I feel like there's a huge disconnect. And through my work, I, I can point the finger at racism and white supremacy and this fractured um, relationship that we have with one another and our past and our, our wisdom that's within us. And so it's so powerful hearing your story on how you founded this amazing project. Wow. <laughs> I could talk to you forever about that experience of just, you know, the awakening of, like for me, I'll speak personally, all of the isms and the patriarchy and all of that, like it just came so strong. The moments I became pregnant and then a mother, it literally was like, I thought I was enlightened and aware of the systems and the barriers, but it just was like so strong of a force. And so that's why I feel very connected to your story. And I just feel like it's even that more powerful. I would love to hear how your experience and having your daughter and then being with the women in the community then turned into the botanical bus. Yeah, well, it really, it started in the garden um, alongside our co-founder, Angeles Quinones Quine is an indigenous woman who immigrated here from, from Mexico. And she asked me to help her start organizing these groups because I'd come from an organizer background. The decade before my daughter was born, I was living in San Francisco working for a human rights organization and organizing with indigenous women's cooperatives around the world around their weaving and how they can empower themselves through art to honestly to survive <laughs> in a world which is really crushing those systems of thriving, you know. I would, had been doing that work and was and stepped away from it. And so I kind of came to it with that organizer at heart, you know, like how, okay, like how can we, how can we resource this work? Like how can we grow this work? And we just kept meeting every Friday, you know, and it was like, it wasn't, we wouldn't miss it because it fed us all and it was my strength and, and then it became everyone's strength. And that's how we found it. The co-founders and now the, you know, the clinic coordinators and the program coordinators are from the community. And we really did dream it up. Like I told, I told my daughter, like the power is in you to identify what you believe in and to 
create with your community what you want to see. And it is, we stand for health equity. We stand for access. Most importantly, we stand for the acknowledgement within our community and really the celebration of the knowledge, the deep knowledge of health and wellness that exists in our community. And we're working, we work specifically in the Latinx indigenous community because just the description of this organic pull for me to, to belong in that space. But we, but this is something that we want for every community, you know, that, that we can feel that power that, that's deep within us and bring that to our sense of wellness and our sense of wholeness. And it certainly did that for me. You know, I, I, I witnessed that in a vulnerable time in my life. And now I witness it through this clinic that we created. So we started with the wellness workshops every Friday in the community garden. And then we started to be, we started to move to other family service centers and offer these bilingual wellness workshops. A lot of them are monolingual Spanish or or Spanish English, but they happen around the county and they're all led by indigenous Latinx women from the community who are sharing their deep knowledge. And there's a wide scale of knowledge, which is so beautiful. I and mean, watching this community grow, I think a perfect a perfect example of that, of that scale is one of our promotoras and who's running a diabetes um, support group, which she renames Sente para Nutrirnos, which is present to, to, present to care for us. You know, like that's, that's the main Thing that she wants her intention that she's bringing like i'm present to care for my community juliana jimenez is an indigenous woman from oaxaca she immigrated to the united states in her you know mid-20s and has a family here now and her whole her she had immense loss due to type 2 diabetes in her family numerous members of her family and her indigenous family who are still living in oaxaca are passing from type 2 diabetes and and while she hasn't been able to access education systems to learn about type 2 diabetes necessarily in a, you know, a scientific sense or a clinical, physiological sense, she has this, in her own words, like a hunger to make change and a hunger to learn and a hunger to come together with her community to heal around this. Um, and another promotor in our community in that same group as a woman named Naya Barreto, who's also an indigenous woman from Oaxaca, she immigrated here when she was a little bit younger and she was able to really like break through the ceilings to become a nurse practitioner. And so now she and, and Juliana have formed a team and once a, you know, once a week they meet, Juliana brings this like drive that's like the strongest organizing drive to make change in her own community. And Naya brings this like really deep education, you know, so that we can offer clinical care in a way that's really well-informed. And Juliana was actually the one that said, I really need someone to support me in learning more about diabetes. And so Naya was right there, you know, and said, I'll help you. Like, let's do this together. So, you know, that's kind of, that's our work. Like, that's like a perfect kind of trajectory where the two of them are part of our team. They come together, they train on a weekly basis together. And then every Saturday, Juliana is leading these wellness workshops as part of our clinic. And we did start with those wellness workshops, say, usually about herbalism. It's really about sleep. It's about stress, how we can help ourselves manage stress and depression and anxiety and, and sleep deprivation with foods and herbs and to make us feel in our bodies. So and what we moved those wellness workshops into over, you know, it took time. We were doing this really grassroots. But actually, right after COVID, we took this energy to respond to the emergency in our community to launch a clinic. And so now it is a clinical space where we offer three-hour clinics every Saturday, um, 
sliding scale donation based. If your donation is your time, if your donation are tamales, like that's even better. And we invite 24, 24 to 40 clients every Saturday. And all of the care providers are our promotoras, run group therapies from somatic therapy, breathing exercises to Juliana's diabetes care circle. And we also have Lulu Perez, who is a healer also from Mexico, who leads herbal herbalism workshops on all topics, immunity, stress, sleep, gut health, maternal health, women's health. And we also invite in volunteers from the community, practitioners who can offer their services like massage therapy, acupuncture, clinical herbalism. We have nurses come and offer diabetic foot care, nutritionists, and those are those one-on-one direct services. And then we share a meal. People go home. (laughs) Extraordinary. So if you can help me understand, I picture an actual bus. (laughs) I'd love to hear about that kind of, I guess you can say logistical piece, just like the bus and meeting people where they are physically, but also like metaphorically speaking, meeting people where they are. Cause I'm just really intrigued. Yeah. Really meeting people where they're at is why we're on wheels. It's not, it's, it's a Ford transit, (laughs) largest size, but inside that transit, we've built it out. It's not a fancy build out by any means, but my husband got in there with a good amount of plywood and we have everything all sized up with the measuring tape and we can fit in all the tables, all the chairs, all the pop-up tents, you know, the, the three big thermoses that we have our herbal teas or we actually serve herbal agua frescas. I can share those recipes in, in a minute, but, um, and we also have over a hundred dried herbs and a tincture bar inside of the, inside of the bus. So when we do roll up, We roll up to the family service centers, which are in community are already hubs. Like we're not trying to create a new space. Like we want to know where our community feels safe and comfortable. And they're already gathering with their families in these spaces and we can come meet them there. Where the radical care, where we're really pushing and most proud of our work together is when we get out into the vineyards. And so we have we actually fight to get vineyard sponsorship so that we can come out and the vineyard sponsors the clinic and they pay their workers while they're there so it's a 3 hour paid break for their team and we and we've got everything in in the the bus just to kind of unroll the clinic in the fields which we which we've done three times this year already a couple times last year it doesn't happen every week but that's what we're, you know, that's what we advocate for every day is this model of care where we can really show up for people because especially in the farm worker communities and the vineyard worker communities, the hours, especially we're entering into crush, the hours that they, that the vineyard workers are committed to working, don't allow them access a lot of times to community clinics. There's not a lot of trust of community clinics. There's not a lot of transportation available to get to community clinics. There's a lot of boundaries to accessing care. I found that just so incredible, your program with Vineyards. And you have such incredible partners and built some amazing relationships. Has that been a challenge or were people excited when they heard about the bus and they really wanted to jump on board? Yeah. Partnership is definitely would not go like every day it wouldn't go without the partnerships. And I think the partnerships that were really easy. And I think that like that fed this, right? Because I was a new mom. Like, <laughs> it was not like I had a, you know, a bunch of, I was not resourced to build this on my own by any means. And so 
luckily I w- I'm fed by that type of partnership and community. It's like meeting the leaders of these organizations was like everything I wanted to do with my time, you know? So it was like, oh my gosh, the people who run La Plaza Nuestra Cultura Cura, which is an amazing family service center in Santa Rosa, to the, the folks who at, in Sonoma Valley, which is over the, over the hill, but on Sonoma County at La Luz Center, are just people I really were, you know, looked up to and was inspired by. So when we could bring this really unique offering to these family service centers, these were these really like immediate, like dominoes, like, like do this work together. And we really invested years in that, you know, first we've invested years in just being in community and then kind of looking out strategically for partnerships, like who would want us to bring these services, these unique and we think critical services to our community. And we found partners right away. You know, there was a couple people, you know, couple organizations, of course, that were like, we don't really understand what you're doing. That, that's fine. But, you know, like uh, overwhelmingly, we found overwhelming amount of actually collaboration within the nonprofit sector, which I didn't necessarily expect. And I know there's a lot of testimonies about that not being the case, but we really witnessed a lot of growth through collaboration in that way. And I think that the sponsorships through the vineyards, I also like we haven't we pushed pretty hard in the beginning, maybe in the way of like radical organizing, like for farm workers' rights and health equity. And honestly, I learned a lot about having to be a little bit more strategic about vineyard partnerships. And that's slow, but I we do definitely have some. I've been really inspired by some of the vineyards who have come to us. We haven't knocked on their door. They've found out and actually, like, again, like, all this strength that I feel and witness all the time. Like, I just wanted to, like, when you said that, I it was something, when you asked your question, it like brought this idea that it's unlimited. Like the health resources that maybe aren't distributed equitably or access isn't equitable and it's racist and it's sexist, who gets access? But this, like what we have, our knowledge is totally unlimited. Even just like the focus of your podcast, like through story, sharing, it, there's unlimited testimony that's going to break down bias. <laughs> it's going to break down oppression and it's unlimited. And that's what I felt too, like in the, in the world of health and wellness, like this force is, uh, it's unlimited. The knowledge is unlimited. And like, let's tap into that, like really resource it. It does take some activism resource it and stand for it. And I think even just when talking about those connections, we were out at Silver Oak Vineyard, which is a really nice vineyard in Napa. And they brought us out because one of the women administrators that worked within the vineyard, we we offer free wellness workshops with the libraries, with the public libraries. And she found about us because she had a little bookmark at the library when she was at the library and she read it. She brought it back to her team at the vineyard and she's, she was like, Hey, like, I want, I want to bring this to our vineyard. And you know, like it did have to go up the chain of command for approval. We got out there and there we gave, we had a three hour clinic for 45 vineyard workers and they're inviting us back this year. So it's, it's like the, just those little things of like being in the library once a month, offering free wellness workshops to the community, like those participants want more and then it just <laughs> grows. It's just, it's blossoming and growing. And I, I, it's your enthusiasm and passion is so infectious. And I'm inspired by you because, you know, my platform is 
based on just like this deep desire that I have. And I'm like, I, I have this in me. I don't know where it came from. Like I didn't know where it came from. And like now I'm learning where it has come from and learning how to like nurture and cultivate that and use it um, and try to kind of spread it and amplify and all of that. And I'm curious what the reaction is from the people who are engaging with these amazing services. Like when I go on your website and I see farm workers getting a massage from a practitioner who has all of this deep wisdom and knowledge and care for each other, it's so powerful. And I, I'm curious what the reaction is because you've grown this amazing community. So for those who are engaging. And also, I'm so curious about young people, mm -hmm. K through 12, are they involved, engaged, and to, to in what capacity? Yeah. So I feel like where we've really, like where we've come from and where we continue to like, where I, like every decision we make in an organization, like we check at, back up against, like, are we being true to this this work is with our Promotora group. And Promotora can be certified as a community health worker. Traditionally, there was the certification came from communities looking to them for, for healing, for wellness, for advice, for, for nourishment. And so the, our Promotora group, were, it's eight women. We define our programs by community needs assessment. So like going, like every client that comes to our clinic, we're, we we're asking them questions like, did you come here with a symptom that you were really like wanting to find help with? Did you, do, do you feel like we were able to meet your need? What could we do differently? What are you most interested in learning more about? And also with our promotorial group, we do over a hundred hours of, of self-selected training every year. And we're just launching an education, a promotora education program so that, or a community education benefit so that promotoras can self-select education programs in their fields of health so that they can really develop their, as a professional in this, in this world of caregiving. I think that in that way, like when you say, how do the people feel like the first thing that comes is like Promotora share with me, like Lulu has shared with me that, you know, I'll, I'll say, Lulu, how was the clinic? You know, how, or how was the workshop? How'd it go? Do you know, she just led a really powerful workshop in community around menopause and she calls it plenty pause like the difference between menos and plenty. And it's this totally radical, beautiful workshop around that we like grow into our like most plentiful selves. We continue to grow into our most plentiful selves as opposed to like this idea that we like give and give and give and we deplete and then we become completely depleted. Completely shifting the narrative and putting a positive connotation on it. Yeah. And so... She just hosted this workshop last week at, at La Plaza Narosa, and afterwards, I'm you know asking her, oh, how, you know, just checking in, like, did you have enough tea? Like, everything good? And you know, her response was like, I am doing my life's work. Like, this is my life's work. And when I can sit in that group, it was all women in this group because because of the topic. And she really specializes in um, women's health workshops and cultivating community in that way. And, you know, she said, when I looked around me, it didn't even really matter what we were learning, but that they showed up for themselves and that they showed up and they had their, their daughters with them and, or their grandchildren with them. And they showed up for themselves. They ate some sweet potatoes like, together. And she, she was like, my life work is being done. And when I hear that, I'm like, you know what, if we can't, it's, it's a, it is a hustle to 
run a small nonprofit to get, we get government grants and we have to just report and just like, you know, sometimes it's a struggle. And I feel like those are the moments where I'm like, you know, even if we can't sustain this forever, like right there, like the goal is met. Doing your life's work, like that's the power. (laughs) The more people that we can encourage to do that, the better, or like to bring into this fold. Um, And I think beyond with like with clients, you know, that I think that's where our most important work is right now. And I'm going to be really honest, you know, like, right, we should all be right now. I'm really focused on like really facing like every bit of bias and oppression that exists in, in healthcare. And even the act of saying, you're coming here to receive care and we're giving you care puts our clients in, can potentially put our clients in a place of not feeling empowered. We are, we, while I feel that we do meet our goal of meeting people where they're at and also providing care by and for indigenous peoples and our focus of our work is around plant medicine, around plant nutrition, and there being workshops in which sharing and collaboration is like the basis of of people's involvement. So like what we think is successful wellness workshop is one in which everyone present is saying, you know, now it's like people are pulling up their iPhones and being like, do you know what this plan is? You know, Abuelita used to give me this plan for my cough. And like the light and the joy that that moment of recognition um, between two t- people about a remedy that was used to sustain their family, like that is it. That's it. Like even if that medicine, even if that plant is like not available here, you know, in a capsule or a tea that you can buy because it is a native plant in their native, you know, where they've come from. A lot of people we we work with are displaced peoples. You know, they have immigrated here or they're H two visa holders who are working here temporarily in the fields. Like we want people to remember the way that that plant smelled for a moment (laughs) to be like, I am in my abuelita's kitchen. I am drinking tea. I, I am a human being and I deserve everything that, you know, and the most important, you know, base of that is I, yeah, I, I deserve to be well. I deserve to, to feel peace and I deserve to you know, start on a health journey, I need to, to be, to feel better. And so I feel like that's like, that's our goal. Like we know that in our clinics, we cannot like cure or, you know, we're not trying to cure or treat really. Like we don't, we're not capable of that. Like it, it, though we do refer to clinics, we're really careful that like, if someone has an infection, we're not going to play any games with people. Like we are all about referring to conventional medicine when necessary and, and like being true to our capacity. But that moment where we're like, you've got the power, you know, that plant, you remember your abuelita's voice. Like that's the whole point. And to be like, next that we'll see you next Saturday. Like, what are you doing next Saturday? You're on the field today, but next Saturday we're going to be at the family service center. Have you ever been to that family service center? Do you know they have, they have, you know, food distributions on Saturdays also. And do you know, you can actually talk to an immigration lawyer for free. And so that it's like, kind of, we really do like those partnerships we spoke to in the beginning of like, just creating trusting relationships, being with our community of promotoras who make, make our community feel at home and, and, you, and the plants too. A lot of, a lot of, especially in the vineyards, a lot of people are, are they're plant people they're, and they're really proud of 
the harvest. And actually that's something I've learned about being out in the field. That's been so like also just that piece of like bringing anti-bias into every bit and recognizing that we all have bias and we all, you know, if I'm going out to the field and saying like, oh, you know, the poor vineyard workers don't have this and they don't have that. And we're bringing this bus out to bring these resources to them. She's smashing that dialogue, you know, or even that thought, or even in, like to say like, we're coming out and meeting this group of power people where they're at. These are some serious plant people who are proud of their harvest. Like they mean, they may not getting the, be getting the very seriously, not be getting the rights they deserve in the workplace and access to the healthcare they does that's a human right. But they may also be incredibly, incredibly proud of their work and, and like think that the harvest is, is sacred and be there to, to meet us where we're at and just say like, hey, we're in circle together in your place of work. Like, thank you for letting us come here and talk to you. Like, thank you for sharing with us what you know about medicinal plants. And like making sure that that's like, that that's the dialogue. And also like about manual medicine, Lulu, who offers the herbal workshops in community. I'm just, I wish I could take you there with me, but you know, like we're, we're out in the, out in the vineyards and she's leading a circle and she's brought all these different herbs with her and she's burning copal and, and she's helping. It's like, you know, every recognizing the wild chamomile that grows or the wild plantain that actually grows between the vineyard rows and, and everyone's really excited and there's animation and there's this feeling of wholeness or annual work, like recognizing different forms of massage therapy that they've been, that they've maybe been seeking out, but no one knows like this, this one adjustment that maybe Lulu's really familiar with that one gentleman's experiencing. And, and he's like, no, I'm not about to ask the massage therapist in the clinics or, or let's be real, no, who can afford a massage, right? Or maybe it's a lot of times it's the first massage that they've had, but like having that trust to that a woman who maybe speaks their same language, I mean, speaks Spanish, but maybe even speaks their native language can touch them in healing way through massage. There's trust there immediately. And that's what we're like, those are the moments where of recognition of healing and empowering for the practitioners and the promotoras, and we're kind of like in this together. So powerful, so powerful. This has been such a beautiful conversation. I know that after hearing from you, many people will be really interested in learning more. Can you tell us about where we can find you and also kind of the scope of where your services can be, I guess, where the bus can go physically, but also do you have virtual opportunities as well? Yeah, absolutely. So right now we are small. We're just, you know, a team of, well, when we roll out with the bus, we are a team of around 23 people, but we do, we're limited to Sonoma and Napa counties in California because we just have one bus, but I am available all the time. If anyone wants to call, email, I feel like I spend a good amount of time talking to other people who want to launch simpler, similar clinics. And I feel in, in that way, like, we can grow. Like I may not be able to jump in the bus and drive out across, you know, hours away. But if someone wants to talk about how this can, how we can grow this model of care, like I want to talk. So please reach out to me through our website, which is www.thebotanicalbus.org. 
You can volunteer as a translator. You can volunteer as a practitioner and all the kind of qualifications are clear there as well. And then you can also something wherever you are, join us for those library workshops on the first Saturdays of the month. They are in Spanish. They're monolingual Spanish workshops. They're led by promotoras who who don't speak English. And so their the knowledge is coming to us in their language. So right now they're not they're not bilingual workshops. But if you're a Spanish speaker or if you're trying to learn Spanish, there is that like depth and power of knowledge that's being shared in those forums. They're online. They're hybrid. So we meet in the library, but the library um has a Zoom room as well. So anyone can join those. I'll definitely include all of that wonderful information in the show notes and really, really appreciate you for all your time. I know we're just a couple minutes over, but I would like to ask you my signature question, which is Jocelyn, what are the roots of your spirit? The roots of my spirit are in the power of the, of the earth and what grows out of it and our ability to calm our frazzled nervous systems as we try to survive that we can lay on earth and like the reminders that that's anywhere. I don't live in a place where I can go out the backyard and have land access, but there is a little small patch of grass. And I know that laying on that grass is a really good reminder of the power that flows through the earth, that flows through the plants, that flows through all of us and like the reminder that we can, we can soothe and we can, like we, we can feel better and we have that power. Thank you so much for sharing with me today. I really, really appreciate it. I'm super inspired and moved by your work. Cool. I really appreciate the conversation. It was really nice to connect with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. As always, we'd appreciate if you head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Recommend this podcast to family and friends. Follow up with us on social media at Roots of the Spirit on all platforms. Visit our website and join our email list at rootsofthespirit.com. Also, you'll find links to the resources discussed in the episode in our show notes. Roots of the Spirit is hosted and directed by me, Spirit Tafik. Production assistance is provided by Karen Stewart of Power of Pod. Until next time.